The challenge that you're facing, I feel like right now, is that there's too many things sort of floating around. And when people talk about bad foundations and when people talk about feeling overwhelmed, usually it's a quantity thing. There's too many little bits and pieces, and that's in all aspects of your business. You have social media that you're sort of trying to do sporadically and an email marketing that you're sort of trying to do sporadically. And you want to talk to first time home buyers, but also you don't want to take out investors. You want to also say, I do purchasing and listing as well. It's it's all over the place. And so to really streamline what your messaging is going to look like is going to do a lot for your business and in honesty, your sanity. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Real Marketer Podcast. Every week, I coach a new realtor to help them find their next big opportunity to scale their business by leveraging Inabox's three-part scale engine framework. Now, what does this framework provide? A brand that sells, systems and automations that'll help you accomplish more with less energy, and lead generation strategies that are built to scale. Each week, we leverage the scale engine framework to guide the conversation and provide practical, actionable advice. Our goal at Inbox and the Real Marketer Podcast is to help realtors scale their business and achieve phenomenal success in their careers. So whether you're just starting out or you've been in the industry for years, you'll find value in these coaching sessions. Join us every week as we speak with realtors from all over the country and help them take their careers to the next level. And today we are joined by Jackie. Jackie, how are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? I am so good and it's good to have you on the show. Could you, let's get right into it. Let's jump in. Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, which market you serve. Give us the rundown. Okay. So I'm Jackie Morris and I'm a real estate agent for Greenville, North Carolina and surrounding areas. I've been an agent for three years now. So I'm kind of like a baby. Um, I'm a wife, a mom um, to two kids um, and a dog mom. I just got a new puppy. Um and so real estate, I'm just like, I'm new in it. And my thing of it is, I don't think I set a good foundation when I first started. Um, so that's why I feel like I'm spinning my wheels at this point. Okay. So we got to kind of help you get out of that. Uh, you said spinning your wheels. We got to help, help you get out of that situation that you're in. You said you've been in this for three years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so three years, relatively new. You had bad foundations. And you mentioned, I didn't hear the name of the city. You said North Carolina. What was the city? Greenville. Sorry, how do you spell it? G Like green. G-R-E-E-N-V-I-L-L-E. Oh. oh, Greenville. Okay, fine. Greenville, North Carolina. What's it like in Greenville? Um. So we have a big, we have like East Carolina University. I don't know if you heard of ECU. We have uh, that college here. Um. So it's basically a college city. Okay. Is there anything like, is it what's, I don't know, the landscape? Why do people live there? Uh, well, the, the medical, um, the, the medical, uh, hospital is pretty good here. Um, of course it's attached to the university. Um, but other than that, we really don't have anything like there's nothing exciting going on here other than the university and the medical school. Okay. I got you. I got you. Okay. So when you mentioned you've been in business for three years, your, your wife and mom to two kids as well. And, 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 uh, and a new dog mom. So congratulations on that. Um, would you say that, that your family is a lot of the driving factor behind why you do what you do? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And tell me a little bit about when you said you set bad foundations, what are you referring to? So, 
when I got into real estate, I just expected just to sell houses. Um, not knowing that I had to, um, like the relationship part with the clients, I'm a little introvert. So I'm not really like very sociable. Um, so the relationship part kind of is a lot for me. I'm getting into that space though, because I know it's a relationship business. Um, getting clients, maintaining clients, nurturing clients. Um, I kind of got to get in that headspace and learn how to maneuver through that process. Okay. So three separate things you mentioned there, getting clients, maintaining clients and nurturing clients. What each one of those things like separating them, getting, maintaining and nurturing, what does each one look like to you? Um, what do you mean? Like, how would you define when you mentioned more specifically maintaining clients? How would you define maintaining clients? Um, I think like as far as emails, like sending emails, sending constant reminders that, you know, hey, like not really salesy, but just, you know, like I said, building that relationship like after the sale and before the sale, just like gotcha. having that relationship. So how many transactions have you done until now? Um, I've done about 12 transactions. Okay. And the actual process from start to finish, once you, let's say, let's say after you actually sign, a, sign on a client, how would you say you are in terms of looking after the clients and providing a service to them? Um, as far as them, um, like but when they come. Is looking after your current clients a challenge for you or if, when you have a client, you're good to go in that, in that respect? Um, it depends on the client, actually. It depends on the needs of the clients. Like some people come and they're not ready. So those people that are not ready, it's hard for me to um, maintain those while looking after the people that are ready. But I don't want to lose those people. But I also have these people. To me, it's like it gets overwhelming. Like it's a lot. What specifically? You're saying it's a lot. What specifically is a lot? maintaining a lot of clients at once. Like if I have 10 different clients that have 10 different needs, how do I make that less overwhelming for me? Okay. Got you, got you. So do you have a specific type of client that you enjoy working with the most? Demographic, niche, anything? Um... First time home buyers, I enjoy those because I like to educate them on the whole process. Um, those are enjoyable for me. Is there much of an opportunity for first time home buyers in Greensville? It is. The 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 only thing is like of course like inventory. So like first time home buyers it's not much like it's not much in there. Well, the people that I deal with, their price range is a little bit lower. 
So when your price is a little bit lower, then everybody want those homes. So it's like a fight. So what would you say the price range is approximately in Greensville? So the average price range, I would say is two fifty, probably two fifty. Gotcha. Okay. There's a lot of stuff to kind of unpack there. Let me kind of give a really quick rundown synopsis of everything we've spoken about and you'll fill in any blanks if I either misquote you or get any information wrong. So Greensville, North Carolina is typically a, a college town, um, actually similar to where I live as well. The medical hospital is good and it's attached to the university, which again, very similar to where I live. So I kind of understand in terms of why you do what you do. Your family is really the what's pushing you and kind of keeping you motivated um, and you're saying that a lot of the challenges that you're facing right now were because when you started, you didn't have really have the right foundations. Um, you kind of expected to just kind of come into the industry to start selling homes, which is something that happens all too often, unfortunately. Um, you said naturally you're a bit of an introvert so, and you're not sociable, but you understand it's a relationship game. Out of curiosity, how did you kind of overcome that and start, I guess, embracing more the relationship component or relationship aspect of this game? Um, I am an introvert, but I love people. So it's kind of like, I don't know, it's a fight. But before real estate, I kind of got was getting out of my shell. Um, I was a fashion designer. So I did like fashion shows and things of that nature. So that kind of helped me to get out of my shell a little bit. But once I get in, got into the real estate space, um, I tr it was like a different it was unfamiliar for me. So I had to, um, I don't know how to maneuver this space. Like it's just unfamiliar territory for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's cool. Okay. So you were a fashion designer. We didn't really talk about that, but how did you go from being a fashion designer to real estate? So I was a fashion designer kind of on accident. Um, I didn't really get into it because I love fashion. I got into it because I was just good at it. Um, and real estate is really something that I always wanted to do. I just didn't have enough nerve to do it. And during the pandemic, we didn't have anything to do. So I was like, now I have nothing to lose. So let me just go for this goal that I've had for years and just see yep. where it takes me. So the, the actual transactions that you did get, where did they come from? Um, some of them came from social media. Um, some of them came from word of mouth and, uh, my big gave me two. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So it looks like there's kind of a few elements to consider. Um, there's a few ways that we could kind of go here. Um, I want to sort of, obviously, like I mentioned earlier on, I want to make sure that whatever we're giving you right now on this call is going to be something that you can actually implement. So if I start I don't know, rattling off 15 different lead generation strategies and seven different things that you do in your business. It might all be great information, but we're trying to figure out what the next opportunity is for you to scale. Okay. So there's a couple of things that I'm looking at right now, a couple of ways. The first thing is how to actually generate more leads and more business into your accounts. Well, there's really three things, actually. The first thing is how to actually go ahead and generate business. The second thing is how to remain top of mind with the database that you already have. And then the third thing is how to grow your database, not necessarily through lead generation, but let's say through growing your social media accounts, building your own authority, social media posts, everything like that. 
So I'm going to try to kind of accomplish all of those things in one go, if that's okay. I know it's ambitious, but I think as long as we streamline the process as much as possible, you'll actually be able to do at least two of those three things on this call. Does that sound like a plan? Sounds good. So the first thing that is fairly obvious to me that needs to happen is you need to figure out who your avatar is, figure out who you're talking to. The challenge that you're facing, I feel like right now, is that there's too many things sort of floating around. And when people talk about bad foundations and when people talk about feeling overwhelmed, usually it's a quantity thing. There's too many little bits and pieces, and that's in all aspects of your business. So you have social media that you're sort of trying to do sporadically and an email marketing that you're sort of trying to do sporadically. And you want to talk to first-time home buyers, but also you don't want to take out investors. You want to also say, I do buy buying, like purchasing and listing as well. It's It's all over the place. And so to really streamline what your messaging is going to look like is going to do a lot for your business and in honesty, your sanity. So I want to figure out the types of people that you enjoy working with. So you mentioned first time home buyers is something that you really enjoy working with. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now let's talk about the type of person that you are attracted to from a business perspective, like that you really want to work with. What's their age group? What's their goals in life? Tell me a little bit about that person. If Again, if I could snap my fingers and give you an ideal client, what would that person or what would those people look like? Um, so basically look like me. Um, working moms, wives. Um, third in the um, ages of 30, in their 30s. Um, with children. Uh, yeah. Okay. So let's look at someone right now, like a working mom and a wife of, of uh, a couple of kids, let's say in their thirties, forget about first time home buyer temporarily. What kind of information is somebody like that looking up either as it pertains to real estate or maybe not even as it pertains to real estate? What are their goals in life and what, what, what value do they appreciate? Um... I think women in that age range are really looking for a sense of peace um, in life, um, a sense of balance, uh, trying to balance just the work, uh, home, lifestyle, um, vacations. We want uh, so some sort of break at, at sometimes. Just something outside of what they're used to every day. Okay. Something outside of what they're used to every day. Um, and this might seem obvious to you, but what are they used to every day? Just working, taking care of family, cooking, cleaning, that sort of thing. Okay. So let's say she has an hour to spare. What does she do with that hour? Um, on just a random day. Sure. Um, I would say she will, I don't know, maybe go get a manicure, pedicure, maybe, um, just something for herself. Maybe go shopping. Okay. Self-care. Okay. Perfect. What about on a Sunday? Like what is she doing on a Sunday with her family? Um, church, uh, a meal, family meal, and just relaxing. Okay. 
So the first thing I want to do is looking at this person, let's let's give her a name. Or I could give her a name. Why don't you give this person a name? Let's pretend it's a, it's an actual individual person. What would you want to call her? Um, let's call her Amanda. Amanda. Okay, perfect. So Amanda is a 33-year-old mom of two kids, right? She, generally speaking in her life, she kind of just wants peace. She wants balance in terms of work and home lifestyle. What she really wants is a vacation. She needs a break. She wants something outside of what she's normally doing every single day, which is just working hard all the time. In terms of her as a person and her value, she's very faith-driven. She's very family-oriented. So if we're looking at the types of things that Amanda would be into... Let's even think about for a moment the types of social media profiles that Amanda cares about or which emails she actually opens. So I'm not Amanda, obviously. So this is where you'll, you'll know your demographic better than I would know your demographic. However, I would assume that Amanda would be interested in things to do with her family in the area. Right. I would assume that Amanda would be into great local spots that she could go to look after uh, for self-care or like local great date date night spots that she could go to with her husband or partner. So these are the kinds of things that Amanda's really interested in. And it works really nicely hand in hand with you being an expert of your market. So a lot of the time people want to focus on one thing and not the other. What do I mean by that? Meaning they want to focus on either I want to portray myself as the expert without concern about whether or not in your case, Amanda actually cares about the information that I'm giving. Another group of people wants to say, I want to only give information that Amanda cares about without worrying about whether or not I look like the expert in anything, which is nice. It grows your audience maybe, but it doesn't really do as much for your bottom line as you would like it to. However, by being an expert in your area, you're taking care of both of those things. By offering local places for her to go for a date night or local coupons or local events in her area, things that Amanda is interested in, you're now taking care of both of those things because you look like the person who really understands Greensville, North Carolina and surrounding areas. And you're also speaking her language. Now, everything that you're going to do reinforces this message. So for example, you want to showcase that you're similar to Amanda. You're also a mom of two kids. You get all of this, you get her. And so one way that you could kind of incorporate all of this into one beautifully sealed package is if instead of just showing an Instagram reel, let's say, of your local spot that you like to go to with your family, take a video of you there with your family, with a voiceover, say, this is why I like to come here with my kids. Now you're showing them a few things. I'm an expert because I know the area. I have a family just like you. And I can resonate with you because I'm showing you things that are actually really appealing to you. So as long as your sort of social media strategy revolves around this, revolves around how can I be the expert? How can I show the man that I'm like her? And how can I continuously create value to her that she'll genuinely care about, right? Meaning a lot of the time people's lead magnet is a free buyer consultation. I hate that. Nobody cares about a buyer consultation, right? I'm going to be saying this until I die. Like nobody cares about a buyer consultation. Amanda cares about places that she could take her family on a Sunday. So now your social media strategy could be more evolved around that. So the way I like to do this, and I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of homework to think about, we're not going to do this part on a call, is I would break down the different categories that Amanda likes to, like that Amanda's interested in. So I would say maybe Amanda's interested in local parks or things to do with her family or date night spots and create four or five, doesn't matter how many, however many categories. 
And now your social media each day has a specific topic that you're going to talk about. So let's say you've got five categories. You're going to be posting five times a week. Each time is going to be about one of those different categories. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. And it really, really makes it really laser focused on who you're targeting and it makes it much easier for you to create social media content that makes you feel happy and excited as opposed to just creating real estate related content all the time. Don't get me wrong. It's important, but there's a way to do it. And there's a time and a place for it. It's not all the time. I think what I would also do to make sure that you're not only seen as an expert in the area, but to make sure that you're seen as an expert in real estate is to throw in a couple of extra written posts or carousels or videos, if you want, about investment tips or different budgeting tips, for example, for her, Mm -hmm. like ways that she could budget. And then again, so let's say you've now got an investment tip or let's say a real estate fact. Let's do this. Let's do a real estate fact. Let's do a budgeting tip. And then let's do the other five categories that we were speaking about, four or five categories that she's interested in. Now you've got a healthy dose of content that she would engage in regardless of whether or not you're a realtor. She's seeing that you're an expert in the area. She's seeing that you know what you're talking about when it comes to money, finances, and real estate. And you're just you're just an authority in everything that you need to be an authority on. And I think that that is a really fine way of getting really hyper-specific about the type of content that you need to be posting to attract the type of person that you want to be attracting. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. How are you feeling just about that social media component? I mean, you breaking it down this way kind of makes so much sense to me. Like it's, it makes it easier this way. I love that. I mean, I was the type of kid that always wanted to work smarter and easier instead of harder and longer. Like, you know what I mean? It kind of has to be like that. And here's another gauge that I want to, that I think is important. Does it fill you with excitement and energy to now have this strategy? Like if this kind of content is overwhelming, I don't want to be talking about that stuff. Then that's, I'm not sure this is the right thing, but if it makes you excited to start serving an audience in a way that leaves you waking up, feeling energized to go and serve them, that's really how you know this is going to be sustainable. No, this is good. I knew actually about the my uh, avatar, but I didn't break it down to what my avatar likes to do, what things like that. So that makes sense for me. So let me take this just a half a step farther. I would say that anything that you do from now on has to be, does Amanda like this? Amanda is now your business. Your business is how do I make Amanda as delighted as possible with the content I produce, the emails I send, the videos I make. It's all about Amanda. Mm. So I'm sure you have an Amanda in your life. Spend as much time with her as possible and literally just build your business around her. So that is how I would go ahead and create that social media content to stay top of mind. Now you mentioned a couple of other things as well. Um, The other one you mentioned is about staying top of mind with your actual database, nurturing them. There are two ways of doing this, but I'm just going to talk about a weekly email newsletter. A lot of the time when people talk about weekly email newsletters, one second, I'm just writing notes just so that I can, one second. A lot of the time when people talk about making email newsletters, they feel overwhelmed because in their minds, A weekly email newsletter is a whole new essay that I have to write every single week. I need to create a market update. I need to go and research a whole bunch of other statistics and this and that. And I don't have the time to write a a weekly newsletter. But you do, and I'll tell you why. 
you have your categories of information, let's say, that Amanda's interested in. You actually have two real estate related ones, a real estate tip and a budgeting strategy, a budgeting tip. You're posting about them on your social media anyway. For you to go ahead and take your posts, the two real estate slash finance, financial advice posts that you're already creating, to create a short paragraph about the tip that you already posted onto Instagram, to create a short paragraph about the real estate fact that you're, that Amanda would be interested in, all you have to do is write a short paragraph about that and then you actually have two email newsletters to send to your database per week around the content that you've already created. So it's all about repurposing. Once you do something right, instead of thinking, what else can I do? You think about how else can I use this? You know, like the people, for example, who were, I don't know, these chefs, TikTok chefs or whatever, and they say, don't waste any ingredients, right? So for example, they 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 spatchcock a chicken and they use the, the, the bones for like a beef broth or a chicken broth rather. That's what you're doing here. You get one idea. And then you think, how many ways can I repurpose this to make myself have to work as little as possible? So for example, my podcast turns into a YouTube video, goes onto Spotify. I break it down. I have a video editor that breaks it down into Instagram reels. And this one hour long, let's say even 45 minute long piece of content is enough content for me for the entire week. Mm. 45 minutes. That's how you work smarter instead of harder. So how do you repurpose the content that you're making for social media? Well, Amanda's budgeting tip and Amanda's real estate fact, create an email around each of those things. Or even better, if you don't want to do two emails, that's fine. Just do a weekly budgeting tip for Amanda. And then you've got your tip that you've already promoted on Instagram. You write a short paragraph explaining how it works. You have a email template that you've set up where the top of it is your header. It's got all, it's top of it's all about Jackie and about how you're a realtor. Just a picture of you, a headshot with contact information. Then budgeting tip, followed by a paragraph talking about the actual tip and, and how to leverage it. And at the bottom is interested in, in seeing how you can take advantage of this real estate market. Click the link below to book a free strategy session with me, something like that. And now the header and the footer are the same in every single email. That's your template. The only thing that you ever have to change is the paragraph in the middle. Does that seem easy enough? Mm-hmm. I see. It looks like a weight's being lifted off your shoulders. Am I right? <laughs> this definitely helps me a lot. Okay, fantastic. So this is this is where I I know I we I said let's let's kind of get ambitious. Let's talk about the way that we're nurturing our clientele, and the way that we're manage, we're keeping top of mind via social media. So those were two of the three things that I wanted to talk about. The third thing that we could have possibly talked about was the lead generation strategy. I wasn't sure if that was going to be overwhelming. So you tell me, are you good to talk one more strategy in terms of how to generate leads into your business? Um, I'm good. My, my, my thing is I think I overthink everything. I think I overthink because this right here is simple. And I've thought about this, but I overanalyze everything. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a common thing you should know. And the you can call it perfectionism. You can call it paralysis by analysis, whatever you want to call it. The best thing that you can do for your business, and I think you know this, and unfortunately not enough people do, 
is that people think it's an asset that they're so particular and attentive to details. They We've been trained as employees to be so intense about not making mistakes. And maybe that's what employers want. I don't know, I, but I'm not in that world and nor do I ever want to be. In the world of entrepreneurship, which you're now, this is another thing I say, is you're not a real estate agent, you're a real estate business owner. And now that you're a business owner, you're now an entrepreneur and entrepreneurs don't care about making mistakes. We, we can't afford to think about that stuff. We have too many things to be doing that if we start thinking about making mistakes, we're not taking enough actions and we have to take as many actions as possible that will move us forward. And you know what? If we fall flat on our face sometimes, that's fine, right? I'm doing a live coaching call. If I fall flat on my face right now, there's nowhere for me to hide. I got to take that risk. You know what I mean? So I think that the the idea is, is because as you go off and you think about this yourself, you're going to find something to harp on likely you're going to think maybe a man doesn't really care about this. And you're going to think I need to know which, which category she does care about before I start posting. As soon as you start thinking that say, I'm just going to do it. And then if it turns out that every time I post something about a local park, my Amanda doesn't show up, meaning nobody engages with it on Instagram. So change that category. That's fine. But trial and error, make mistake, keep on doing it, but just, you've got a simple thing. And, and it, it shouldn't be complicated. And when you're making it complicated, that's when you need to stop yourself and say, just do it. Let myself fall on my face from time to time. That's fine. Gotcha. I want to talk to you about one more thing that I think is an essential step. And it's not necessarily about generating leads, but it is the first point of contact. And that is creating a lead magnet that Amanda really does care about. Mm. So this is something also that very often gets overthought. I, I think it could be something as simple as, for example, like we were talking in the in a box uh, inner circle group and one of our um, clients avatars were people who ski and he likes to ski. And so we talked about like the little koozies, I think it's called like the, the things to put the beer in. This was actually his idea. And it was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Because it's not complicated. It's something that you just give it out. And then instead of saying, do you want to buy a home? Are you looking to sell your home? Because call me if you are. He's already at the ski slopes. Nobody wants to talk to a realtor at the ski slopes. But everybody wants a koozie because everybody's drinking a cold one. So mm -hmm. give, meet them where they're at and give them what they're interested in. So in your case, it could be subscribed to your newsletter. And then they have to fill out a form to actually get access to your newsletter. And that way you're growing your database in your sleep. That's one thing to do. Another thing to do could be if you have like a guide to Greensville, North Carolina, or if you have your top 10 budgeting tips, whatever that looks like, but to create something for Amanda where they can all the time download something or give you their information 24, seven, 365, that way you can start generating leads in your sleep. And the idea is, is that you create a lead magnet. You have a form that connects to it where they have to fill out the form to actually get the information sent over to them. And then on your Facebook profile, your Instagram profile, your LinkedIn profile, whatever, you have a link in your bio that says, click here to download my, insert lead magnet, click here to download my 10 budgeting tips for busy moms. And then they, they click on that, they download it, and at two o'clock in the morning, on a Sunday morning, you're still generating leads. But everything revolves around Amanda. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, make a lot of sense. Okay, how do you feel right now? 
I'm I'm happy. I mean, I'm excited. I'm glad I did this actually. This like it gets the ball rolling. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's really all we can kind of hope for and and it's not going to be a perfect process from now like it didn't like solve all of the problems, but the idea is take advantage of these strategies and then once you've sort of once you've gone through these strategies and you've taken your business to the next level, you'll have another challenge and then my hope is that you'll keep on coming back to me, keep on watching my content to get the answers to those problems as they continue to arise. Because everything we're talking about now is scaling the con scaling your business and scaling it by all means, by scaling your brand, scaling your automations and your systems and your processes, scaling your lead generation. So focus on this first. And when you've got this set up, then worry about the next thing. So without yeah. further ado, just to kind of close it up, all the strategies and ideas discussed in this episode we're made possible by Inabox and the Scale Engine Framework. If you'd like to learn more about how you can scale your real estate business to the next level, you might want to check out Inabox. It's a coaching program and a CRM designed exclusively for realtors. Our team of experienced professionals and coaches will guide you through a proven three-part scale engine framework to help you scale your business and achieve success just like you heard on today's episode. Inabox includes one-on-one -on -one coaching, access to a private community of like-minded realtors, a variety of resources and tools to help you scale your business, the complete three-part scale engine blueprint for you to follow at your own leisure, one of the most comprehensive and simple-to-use CRMs on the market, and way more. Don't let your competition get ahead. If you're ready to scale, then now is the time to invest in yourself and in your business with Inabox. So go to goinabox.com to learn more and sign up today. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, then apply by sending an email to Oliver at goinabox.com and let me know why you think you'd be a good fit. So it's been an absolute pleasure having you here today. And uh, I look forward to watching you scale your business and take things to new heights.